Hello, this is Melissa Colleen, and today we will be mapping parasites on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on the clinical importance of the functional nutrition matrix, which I believe to be the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. The matrix not only causes us to stop and assess, but it reminds us of three very important factors in our care, recommendations, and outcomes. Everything is connected, we are all unique, and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15 Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Melissa Colleen. Melissa is a certified functional medicine practitioner through the Institute for Functional Medicine and has been a registered nurse for 20 years and has incorporated holistic healing into her practice with her patients. She spent her career researching and studying how to find the root causes and how to bring healing to her patients using natural medicine. It was Melissa's own experience healing from Lyme disease that ultimately influenced how she now treats her clients. Melissa, welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to talk about this kind of icky topic of parasites. (laughs) And it's because it's one I see some practitioners overlook and others too readily diagnose. So before we get into the ins and outs of parasites, can you define what they are and what are some of the most common ones we might encounter in our practices? A parasite is literally an organism that lives inside of another organism. So lots of times they can lead to other diseases in the body. They can cause harm in the body and they can almost live anywhere in the body. It's not just in your digestive tract. Mm. So yeah. They can, they can make their way to all kinds of areas and cause a lot of problems. And are there ones that are most common that you found in your practice or that you've heard come up more often, at least, I guess, for us, depending on location, right? Yeah, it really does. I am actually amazed at how many different ones I see all the time. There's a lot of different worms. I definitely see like roundworms and pinworms flatworms or flukes. I see those quite often and flukes tend to live a lot in livers and gallbladders and those tend to cause a lot of issues for my clients. Other parasites that I see a lot, there's one called ectoparasites, which Mm -hmm. are parasites that live on your skin. Mm -hmm. And so that would be like your mosquitoes or your ticks and they would transmit parasites that way. And so I see a lot of parasitic infections in the body via those types of parasites as well. So that I do see quite often. Are you determining that there is a parasite 
based on symptoms or are you doing specific testing to identify the parasite? I actually do specific testing. Um, I work a lot with energetic testing. Mm -hmm. So every organism has a, a frequency or an energetic level attached to it. So we can actually test the body based on those same energetic frequencies. And so parasites come up almost every single time. And we also get so many different types of parasites, which will also lead me to being able to see what area of the body is being more affected. Like is the client really complaining of digestion issues or they just have a hard time with detoxing because they're so sensitive to every single thing that they take. And that can kind of lead me in that direction. Are there parasites there that maybe we need to get out of the body to help their bodies just function normally like they should? I really appreciate that you do the energetic level and, you know, mm -hmm. to get a little woo woo here. I think that when we think about parasites, there's sort of a way we could think about it uh, energetically in our lives as well. Do you see patients kind of having, I don't know what to call it other than a parasitic energy. You could probably help me out here in terms of what to call it, but where there might be people or circumstances that are also attaching themselves to someone's lives, inhibiting their health and their happiness? Yes, I think that a lot of parasites, when we have a parasitic infection, they do really like to attack our nervous system, hmm. which when they attack our nervous system, a lot of the symptoms that my clients will have will be related to stress anxiety, depression, a lot of nervous system issues, numbness and tingling, things like that. And they won't even have any idea that it's a parasite causing all of these issues until after we do the testing. And then that will come back and it will show. And they're usually always very surprised. And this can happen with bacteria and fungi too, where they're almost a driver in some way that's taking over our nervous system, as you said, our gut function, our brain and our outlook on things. I think this is a known factor. I've been with Dr. Robert Roundtree in the functional medicine space and heard him speak about the ways that bacteria can do this kind of uh, take over our bodies. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, one of the common parasites that I see quite often is Babesia. Mm -hmm. And Babesia really loves to take over your red blood cells. So if they can do that, they can basically go anywhere in your entire body and cause problems. And that's a parasite in your red blood cells. So they definitely can affect us on so many different levels than what we just think when we think we have a parasite, we just normally think it's in our intestines and we have problems with digestion or problems with bowel function. And there's way more to it than that. Yeah, if we think about a parasite, like you mentioned, Babesia taking over the red blood cells, that's the transport mechanism for everything, oxygen, nutrients, there's so much that's going to be impacted downstream. Who's most impacted by parasites? Are there some of us that are more susceptible than others, either because of our 
genetic makeup or our lifestyle? It definitely can be lifestyle for sure. I think that we see a lot of it coming from contaminated foods is where we get parasites from a lot, which that not always is something we can prevent. But sushi is is a big one. And a lot of people really love sushi. So yeah, making sure you're getting it from a restaurant that really cares about where they get their ingredients from is a big deal as well. So um, we can also get them from just not cleaning our fruit and our vegetables very well. Hmm. Uh, Lots of people will just, you know, they just pull out their fruit, you know, an apple and they eat it without thinking that they should clean it first. Hmm. So that is another route that I see quite often of how people are getting parasite infections. And then also just people who really like to swim. They like to go in lakes and ponds and where there's some stagnant water. That's a a breeding ground for parasites too. That is a a big mode of transmission. And if there are two people who are swimming in that same pond or eating that same sushi, is there a reason one would be impacted over the other or are we all at the same risk? Yes, you could have two people in a lake or a pond and one person could get a parasite infection and actually end up with symptoms and the other one not. Or they both could get the same parasite infection, but one is okay and one gets very sick. Just like with food poisoning, sometimes people in the house can eat the same food. One will get really sick and one will not. And so usually I attribute that to kind of like our toxin overload in our body. Mm -hmm. Um, We all have it. And some people just have it higher than others. They might already have a mold, an underlying mold problem in their body that maybe they don't know. And then they get a parasite. And then all of a sudden that mold becomes active as well. And Mm. then they get really, really sick. Mm. Yeah, I see that with Lyme a lot. A lot of people have no idea they even have Lyme disease until they end up with another secondary infection. Right? Yeah, really interesting to think about that resilience factor. And also the allostatic load, what are we able to handle in Mm -hmm. one body? You talked about parasites being able to live anywhere in or on the body. And so many of the downstream symptoms are related to what that parasite is doing or where it's living. Are there major symptoms in the body? You said other than gastrointestinal, you think about the nervous system, but what else do we see in terms of the kind of central part of the matrix or what symptoms we might be looking at? A lot of the most common symptoms of somebody who might have a parasite infection would be besides the GI disturbances, whether that could be diarrhea or constipation. A lot of times we could see a weight loss Mm. or even a weight gain. I work with clients who they just lose weight no matter how much they eat. (laughs) And um, also grinding your teeth Mm. at night when you're sleeping is a really big sign of parasites. You could also have itching on your bottom. That is a really big sign too, especially for kids. 
that's something a lot of kids complain about. You could have joint pain, a lot of fatigue. Mm. Sometimes the clients will have what we call eye floaters. So they will just like, they'll see spots in mm. their eye. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big sign of parasites. Sometimes people who have, they might have some coughing spells. Maybe they've got some allergies and it makes them cough a lot. And then they immediately get abdominal pain after that. That could be sign of some parasites, muscle twitching, um, an internal vibrational feeling can also be a sign. That's, that's, those are kind of the big ones that I think a lot of people complain about. Yeah, it really brings us into ensuring that we're uncovering or turning over every rock that we could be thinking about because the parasite is really a non-negotiable that we have to address. Otherwise, not much is going to get better. So what do we do if we head over to the right side of the matrix in the arena of skills? And I know your scope of practice likely allows you to prescribe and to address things in a targeted fashion, but can you bring us into a little bit of your thinking about how to address parasitic infections from a more holistic or functional perspective? Sure. Usually if I see that my clients will have some sort of a parasitic infection that maybe we need to work on first, the very first thing I work on with them is getting all of their detox pathways open. That is really, really important because if we don't have those open, then there is no point of doing any sort of detoxing or killing regimen for them because they will just keep getting reabsorbed and making the client feel really awful. Mm -hmm. So that's the first step. And when I say the detox pathways, I mean like having bowel movements every day. Yeah, (laughs) pooping every single day. Lots of water every single day. So they're really, really cleaning out their kidneys, you know, getting their circulation moving a little bit with um, very light exercise, like walking, something very light just gets them moving, gets that lymph moving to help with their detox as well. So, and that helps with breathing, getting that breath going too. All of those things are really, really important. So we work on that first. And then I start working with the herbs Mm. to really tackle the parasites. So, and I love doing that. I see a lot of results when we start tackling. We can tackle parasites directly just in the intestines. We can tackle them throughout the entire body if we need to. And with those herbal treatments, are you seeing a detox reaction? Is there kind of a battle between herb and parasite happening as you start things? Or are you mitigating that for each individual? Absolutely. There is a battle. Yes. Um, Parasites, they don't want to die. They don't want to leave your body. So they will fight you every step of the way. And so doing it very slowly is the key to getting them out without making the client feel really, really awful and having like those Herx reactions. So um, I usually start just very slowly. I usually use a combination of things like my favorites um, that I see the best results with are Mimosa pudica Hmm. uh, works directly on the gut to, it's like a gel. So it will grab anything in your gut that's there and pull it out. So 
that one works wonderful. And then I love to combine it with things like wormwood mm. and black walnut hole. They actually paralyze the parasite. So if you can get them paralyzed, the, the mimosa pudica can actually kind of swipe them out of your gut. It can just bring them out. But the wormwood and the black walnut hole can also work systemically. So it can work on those parasites that aren't just in your intestines. They could be anywhere else in your body. And it will work to kill them, break them down so your liver can safely bring them to your gut so you can get them out. And what's that journey like? What's the time commitment to working with something, I'm assuming there's a range because I'm also assuming that the people within whom you are seeing parasites have so many other downstream issues that they're addressing with you that it's only one factor. So what kind of range of time in this sort of one and done culture that we live in, are you speaking to your clients about? That's so important to know because a lot of people want to just do, you know, a couple of day parasite cleanse and that just isn't going to work. So generally, um, when they come to me, depending on what else is going on with them, I usually say it could take six months to Mm -hmm. a year Mm -hmm. of treatment to really get rid of your parasites and get all of the other organs functioning like they should be on a regular basis. So that way you can maintain that homeostasis and feel good again. How are you able to get people to commit to that time commitment, especially when things are feeling worse before they're feeling better? I give my clients a lot of support. Mm -hmm. So I am available when they do have um, those Herx reactions and they get scared and they are wondering what's going on. Is what you're doing and giving me working or is it hurting me? So I do a lot of that because I want to reassure them that yes, what they're doing is working and it is going to make them feel better. But I do tell them straight from the beginning, like it's probably about how long it might take but we're going to do it one month at a time. So every month we will determine, are you getting better? Is there something we need to adjust and change? Are you staying the same? That kind of gives them a a little bit of hope as well, because it's not like I'm saying, okay, I'll see you in six months. Right. right. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's an important part of the journey, that sort of therapeutic relationship. They know you're in it with them. Melissa, thank you so much for uh, bringing your wisdom to us today. I really appreciate this chance to talk with you and also just think about parasites through this lens that helps us to understand the vast impact they can have on the body. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. And yes, parasites are, they're kind of my thing. I love um, helping people get over and detox out their parasites because they always feel so much better.
The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. Check out the latest in functional nutrition at functionalnutritionlab.com forward slash blog. The 15-Minute Matrix is produced, mixed, and edited by Rowan Bradley with production support from Natalie Merrill and the team at the Functional Nutrition Alliance. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode ready and waiting for you, please head over to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. Also, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts, your feedback, and who you'd like to hear on the next podcast. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com. Thank you.